0: Okay, let's get to the word. Ephesians chapter 4. I'm so grateful to jump into your message series about legacy. And I get to talk about legacy of unity. Everybody say that. Legacy of unity. One more time, say it. Legacy of unity. God puts unity inside of a spirit filled, healthy church that is a supernatural demonstration of of the representation of God himself. Many of us came to church today with prayer requests. I have many. But when we come together as a unified church of Jesus, you are answering the prayer request of Jesus. When Jesus was praying to his heavenly Father, John chapter 17, he said to his Father, Heavenly Father, I pray that they would be one, who's they, you, me, the church, I'm praying that they would be one, even as you and I are one. How many know the Heavenly Father, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, the Son of God cannot be separated? They are connected as one in the Holy Trinity. And yet that is Jesus' prayer. And when we come together like you did, worshiping, focused on worship, how many know there's two times to worship when you feel like it and when you don't? And the second one is the most important time to worship. When you come in and you are a unified church like you are, you are answering the prayer request of Jesus. The devil is not scared of a church with a lot of money in its bank account. The church is, it doesn't scare Satan with the latest technology or its greatest renovation or remodeling of colors. The enemy and all of hell is scared of a Christ-centered, Bible-based, spirit-filled, unified church. And that's why this church is on fire for Jesus. But I'll have to tell you, just like all the churches in the New Testament, the evil one will try to come and bring disunity in this place. I'm sure he hasn't done it today or last week, but someday, as a pastor for many years, I've seen it, the enemy will try to bring disunity, and he does it in silly little ways that turns into a big mountain. Now, Paul here in Ephesians, Paul founded this church. You can read about it in Acts chapter 19. Paul stayed there and pastored for about two years, and then he left, and now he's writing back to the Ephesians, his church, about the things that they need to hear about, and it's just fascinating. In fact, Ephesians chapters 1 through 3 deal with doctrine, and so if you look at Ephesians 1, we don't go there right now, but Ephesians 1 verse 10 it talks about how everything was in chaos and God spoke. You remember Genesis chapter 1, everything was in chaos and the spirit of God came upon the face of the deep and brought, there was chaos, but God brought order. When God comes into our lives, he brings unity and order. In fact, Ephesians 1 chapter verse 10 so, chapter 1 verse 10 says that God's purpose is to bring unity to all things. Right now, if you're feeling disconnected emotionally spiritually in your marriage in your finances in your and your christian walk God wants to come and bring unity to you. In fact, the word integrity comes from the same word integer, which means the number one. Integer one. How many know one? The number one can't be divided, right? It's it's whole. You can have fractions, but how many know we don't want fractions in the church? We want a whole integer, and that's where that comes from. That we're supposed to be unified in Christ. So you see that, and then you see in chapter two and chapter three it talks about how the Gentiles and the Jews can be unified. Then we get to chapter four, and if you'll look here at uh, chapter four, verse one, it says this, I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Now, I ask every church to do something with me, and that's to memorize at least one verse on a Sunday, because Jesus quoted Scripture to the devil. He didn't pull out his lightsaber. uh, He didn't pull out his laser gun. He pulled out the Word of God that wasn't in his Old Testament Gideon's version in his back pocket. He had the Word of God stored right here in his heart. So I want you to just stand one more time, would you? And uh, I want us to look at that verse 1 again real quick, verse 1. And it says, I want you to just memorize this, um, this last part. Walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Can you say that last part of it? Just say it. Walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Let's say it again. Walk worthy of the calling. I think you got it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, would you help us walk worthy in unity of the calling that you have placed upon every person's life in this room? It's not just the pastor that's called, the deacon, the servant, the teacher, the greeter, the media worker, the worship leader, all those, the person that has the gift of administration and the person that's out helping with all the lawn care, these gifts. Lord, help us walk worthy, which means we're going to walk unified in the callings you've placed upon us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, I knew this message was going to be for you. Okay, let me go really quickly through four truths that we find in Ephesians chapter 4, okay? God wants unity in the church, and the truth number one is unity requires effort. Say that with me. Unity requires effort. How many know it doesn't just come naturally to have unity in your marriage, right? You have to work at it. It It doesn't just come naturally for your family, your kids always to have unity. You have to work at unity. In fact, um, uh, if we look at verse 2, can we go back to verse 2? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2, it says, work at it with all lowliness, gentleness, long-suffering, bearing with another, one another in love. Keep it right there. If you want unity, then you're going to have to have these things in church. You're going to have to keep them in church. When you walk in, you're going to have to have lowliness. What does that mean? That means I don't think everything is about me. If it's all about me, there's not going to be any unity, right? If it's about Jesus and everybody else, then we're going to have unity. It's about gentleness. How many know <laughs> we had a some, sometimes some rough edges need to be worn off to keep the unity with some godly saints? Uh, Faith and I had a, a, dear, a dear saint that we loved in our church, but he had, he had developed some thorns around his soul that pricked others when they were around him. So we had a new couple, first time to come, and they sat right over in this section in our church, but how dare they first time not know that this was Brother So-and-So's assigned seat. And he had been sitting there since Noah built the ark, right? And these people came in needing Jesus, needing the healing power of Jesus, and yet when they sat in his seat, he told them to get up and to go somewhere else. you I know mean, that's not spirit-filled gentleness right there. How many know all the seats belong to Jesus, right? And if someone that's lost and needs Jesus, I'll get up out of my seat any day and say, you can have the whole row. I'm going to pray God's spirit just comes down that row and touches your heart, right? None of this belongs to us. It's all God's. Well, you know, I've been coming here for, you know, 92 years, and I've given, you know, $9 million in tithe. Were you wanting credit for it down here? Because if you're taking credit for it down here, I think you just lost your credit in heaven. When I give in the offering plate, I don't even give to this church. And I gave in the offering this morning, I gave it to Jesus. Jesus, build your kingdom with this. So let the gentleness of the Holy Spirit come. Long-suffering. There's some people that are around you that God's called to this church. You're going to have to have some long-suffering. That means you're going to have to have some suffering that lasts a long time, right? (laughs) It's just part of it. But those people need Jesus, right? Those people need Jesus. Um, Bearing with one another in love. Uh, Yesterday, uh, he's talking about the body of Christ here. Being unified, and uh, my body. Yesterday, we had a, a fundraiser, Pastor Brad, yesterday at our camp. It was a speed of light mud run. So I'm a runner, so I thought, "Oh, this would be fun. We'll just run through some mud." Well, I had no idea they were setting it up like American Ninja Warrior, and there's, so I run a little bit, and I got to do these rings, and then I got to do these swings, and and I got to tell you, in church this morning after yesterday's uh, 5K American Ninja thing. I felt Presbyterian. It it was painful to lift my arms in worship this morning, but I gave the Lord a sacrifice of praise this morning. Sometimes it's long-suffering, right? And that's how it is sometimes in the body of Christ. But we've got to bear with one another in love. Let's look at verse 3 of chapter 4 here. Verse 3 says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. The unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now, I love that your pastor teaches our history in in your growth track. You need to be a part of those next step discipleship things if you haven't gone through because it will help you grow uh, in your faith. And so we, in the Synod of God, we have 16 fundamental truths. We have four cardinal doctrines, and I just want to go through those real quick, because that's how we keep the bond of peace. Here at your church, you believe Jesus saves. How many believe Jesus saves? Wow. How many believe Jesus heals? Did you know there's some churches that do not believe Jesus heals anymore? And yet at our church, we see broken bodies, broken minds, broken spirits, broken marriages, broken finances, and Jesus comes and heals broken everything. Don't you love that? Jesus empowers by his spirit. We believe in spirit baptism, that God's power comes over us, and we can see the supernatural. Anybody believe that in the house? And that's available to everybody. And then number four, Jesus is coming back really soon. It may be today. And so we keep the bond of peace with our doctrine, but we let all the other silliness stuff just go by the wayside, right? So, uh, man, a, a, a certain song style or music style, man, you know, when I go to youth rallies, uh, man, they don't sing songs that I even really get, right? But you know what? I see it's Word of God, and they're passionate. If they're singing words from the Word of God and they're passionate, I say, giddy up, Right? I'm going to encourage them. Can I tell you, uh, tell you church leaders, man, catch your students doing things right. Man, they don't do things exactly like, like we did because they've grown up in a time that's way different than when I grew up. But they are passionate about the things of Jesus. When you see them coming in and sitting on the front row, man, say, man, that is amazing. You know how many churches I go to, the youth are sitting in the back row or sneaking off into the foyer? you got youth up here sitting in the front row. They have their hands worshiped. Man, I'm just so excited about you. Can I take you to every church I preach at? Man, catch them doing things right we got to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the, pre- the bond of peace. And so unity requires effort. And if you want to keep the unity here in the church, it's going to require effort. Some people to get along with you are just going to have to pray and fast, okay? Because there's some stubborn people. But it's worth it for the unity of the church, right? And when you have a challenge, man, don't talk about it. Go to your pastor and say, hey, I don't know how to deal with this. Well, I kind of like talking about it to this person over here. How many know if someone comes to you talking about somebody, they've already been talking about you to somebody else, right? And so in order to keep the bond of peace, we got to stop the gossip and the slander and the temptation, and we got to keep unity on our social media, And would Jesus be honored with the unity of your social media? I got to keep moving, okay? But unity requires effort. Let me go on to my second truth here, just the next couple verses here. Not only does unity require effort, unity reveals Jesus. Mm. Say that with me. Unity reveals Jesus. When someone comes into this place and they see a family that loves each other, you guys were hugging each other as you walked into the 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 commons four-year entrance there you were greeting each other with just man so many people came up to me and greeted didn't even know me just greeted me with a smile thanks for not greeting me with a holy kiss since COVID we've changed that translation right Uh, but yeah holy hugs and those kind of things And, and and people come in and they've been disconnected and they've been pulled and there's no unity of anything in their lives and they see a family do you know how attractional in their spirit that is Man, I see Jesus in a church that's unified, focused on a broken community. Let me show you just the next few verses here in chapter four. Uh, Ephesians chapter four, verses, let's go to verse four. It says this there is one body, one spirit, just as you were called, and one hope of your calling. Man, when the church is unified, we see, man, there's just man, there's just one. In fact, the whole chapter of chapter four, the key for, word I would say is one. There's one body, that's one body of Christ. Aren't you glad we're just one body? And everybody has different parts, but we're one body. We're one spirit, we're called into one hope. He says there's one baptism, uh, one baptism into the body of Christ. Uh, We we know that there's one God, we know it's revealed in three persons. We know there's spirit baptism and water baptism. Paul's talking about baptism into the body of Christ, that Jesus When we're saved, isn't it amazing that the Holy Spirit comes and baptizes us into the the body of Christ? But then Jesus says, now I'd like to baptize you into the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Man, if you haven't received that, that's for everybody. That's endowment with power to be his witnesses. And unity reveals Jesus. When you are unified inside of yourself, remember James says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways? When you're unified in yourself, did you realize you revealed Jesus at the store, at your school, in your community? When unity is focused on one thing, I'm glorifying God, that you reveal Jesus when you're not even using words, just being who you are. And I'm so glad that God has raised up a church, Woodward First Assembly of God, that reveals, not the assemblies of God, doesn't reveal some person in Springfield, but This church reveals Jesus Christ to all of the community. You should give praise for how well you reveal Jesus to this community. I gotta keep moving. Third truth is this first, is, is, boy, unity requires effort. Unity reveals Jesus. And then number three, if you're taking notes, anybody taking notes, unity recognizes diversity. I could say it like this, unity is not uniformity, right? So there's, there's gifts. Let me, let me break it down just in church offices. So the pastor is a gift to the church. The Bible says that, right? Worthy of double honor. So thank you for taking care of your pastors and over-encouraging them, remember. But God gives us the office of the deacons, right? The deacons are a gift to the pastor. That's how it works here. Some churches, I've, <laughs> it's not been such a gift, Pastor Brad, but you have really good deacons here. And, and so the office of the deacon, the office of the pastor, is to lead and be the shepherd, to be the, the caregiver, to bring the word, to feed the sheep, and, and to cast the vision. Uh, the role of the deacon from Acts chapter 6, the number one role of the deacon scripturally is to preserve the unity of the church. I have deacons call my office sometimes and say, we don't have any unity over here. You better come and, and deal with my pastor. I always say, well, actually, unity is the primary role of the deacon. What are you talking about? They say, what happened? Acts chapter 6, the Hebrews are fighting with the Greeks. There was a racial tension because the widows were not being served properly. And, and deacons were invented to preserve the unity of the church. And so you've got great deacons, and I hope you'll encourage them. Deacons are a gift to the body of Jesus Christ, right? Can we just give it up for our deacons? I know they're scattered throughout. If you look at Acts chapter 6, deacons, number one, preserve the unity of the church. Number two, protect the pastor. They said we'll serve tables so the pastor doesn't have to neglect his study in the Word and in prayer. If you got deacons that will help your pastor stay in the word and in prayer, do the spiritual things, you got to happen in church going on. So preserve the unity, protect the pastor, provide an example of what it means to be a minister. Man, there's a whole congregation look at the deacons as the primary example of how to serve. And you've got great deacons. And then, they, and then they preside over the fiduciary and legal uh, obligations of the church. That's, that's not scriptural, but that's because of our, our corporate setting that we have to live in. And that's a gift to the church. And so those are all gifts to the church. And then everyone in this building has a unique role to serve. In fact, can we go to the next verse in chapter 4 uh, that I had on the screen? I believe it's uh, uh, Ephesians chapter 4. There we go. Uh, let's go to verse 7. Verse 7, real quick. But to each one of you, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Every one of you has a gift from God. And look, in verse number 8, he says this. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Let's keep going. Verse 9. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean But that he also first ascended in the lower parts of the earth? So Paul's doing this amazing dissertation that Jesus descended when he died, but now he's ascended, and because he ascended, he's given us gifts. Verse number 10, he who descended is also the one, everybody say one, who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Unity is not uniformity. If we were all all like Pastor Brad, this place would just kind of be boring, right? But God's giving you an exciting, dynamic pastor, but he's giving you some exciting, dynamic deacons. He's giving you some exciting, dynamic worship leaders, all to bring unity to the church so that we can fulfill the call of God to seek and to save that which is lost. Right? And so some of you, I had a lady in my church come up to me one time. She said, I don't have a gift. I said, yes, you do. She said, no, I don't. I said, yes, you do. It's administration. It's administration. She did not feel comfortable speaking. She did not feel comfortable singing. She did not feel comfortable with kids. But it was a natural gift. She had administration. And so I started letting her organize things. Man, she organizes international mission trips now. Just amazing. You may not know what your gift is, but if you'll get with your pastors, they'll help you discover it because you have a gift evangelists. Let's go to verse 12 that I love. This is maybe my favorite verse. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Jesus Christ. The whole reason God gave us pastors and teachers and apostles and prophets is to equip the saints, those who are following Jesus, to do the work of the ministry. The role of pastor, now Pastor Brad is a Christian, and Blonnie's a Christian, so they're going to do the work of the ministry. But their role as pastors means that they're going to equip you to do the work of the ministry. I used to tell my leaders, don't let me catch you doing ministry, let me catch you equipping others to do ministry. So any healthy church in America, around the world right now, is pastor-led, deacon-protected, staff-supported, and laity-equipped. Let me say that again. Any healthy church is pastor-led, deacon-protected, staff-supported, but laity-equipped. That means the members of the church are involved in doing the work of the ministry. I can show you churches where those equations are different. I can show you a church that's deacon-led. It is not healthy. I can show you a church that thinks it's staff-led. It is not healthy. But this church is healthy because it's pastor-led. I can tell you your pastor takes seriously hearing the things of God and what you should be doing as a church. It's deacon protected, men that come around as an Aaron and a Hur and lift his hands to God. And it's it's staff, you got some amazing leaders on this team, but you have to do the work of the ministry to keep the unity of Jesus Christ. Man, I wish I could park it there for a long time, but that is so important in keeping the unity of Jesus. Now, let me go on to my last point here, and that is unity rebukes heresy. Everybody say this. Unity rebukes heresy. So when you're unified, man, the silly stuff doesn't matter, but the main things do. So if someone comes and says, hey, we can get saved by someone else's name except Jesus, how many know that's heresy? And there'll be unity in the camp because you've surrounded yourself, unified in the word, unified around a man, and woman of God, unified in the things of Jesus, you're gonna say, No, you know, we we can't get saved through Kanye's name, right? <laughs> Whatever. Right? We can't get saved. We have to get saved by Jesus' name. If someone comes and says, you know, we don't think Jesus is coming back anymore. Well, I'm sorry, that's heresy because the Bible says he is coming back, right? And so we're going to land on the Bible. And so when you're unified around the main thing, then the silly things go by the wayside, but then the heresy can come to light, and you can protect the things of God from the enemy who would like to come and mess up the theology of the church with some silly teachings, The Apostle Paul had to constantly deal with this. The book of Corinthians Paul wrote as well, and I find it fascinating on this topic of unity. The Church at Corinth was messing with some, dealing with some bad things. They were suing each other. like they were calling their favorite law firm, Willie Cheatham and Howell, and suing each other because they were so mad at each other. right? Uh, they were cutting at communion. They didn't know how to do communion right. It was just a mess. When they came together, they were just all speaking in tongues and chaos, and nobody was presenting the word. It was just chaos. Read through the book. It's all in there. This one guy was in love with his mother-in-law was the one to run off romantically with his mother-in-law. Everybody's just say, "Ooh." And so Paul had all these challenges, and yet the first thing he dealt with was unity. Because he knew if he could get unity in the church, then the other things he could just work out through the unity of the church, because we focus on the main thing, and that is Jesus Christ is glorified. We can keep unity in the church. He starts off with, some of you like Apollos, and some of you like Cephas, Simon Peter, and some of you like me, and some of you are really spiritual. You say, we only like Jesus, right? You know, it'd be, it'd be like me. And sometimes... You know, you get your favorite TV preacher, and I could get up here and try to be Joel Olstein. I'd like to start off with something funny. You know, I'm, I'm not Joel Olstein. I could never be Joel Olstein. You know, if I could have my brothers, I'd be T.D. Jakes. And I would end this with, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. If I could sweat like that, man, we'd have church. I can't do it. Even running that 5 k I I can't sweat like T.D. Jakes. And so I have to be me. And you have to be you. And when we get our eyes off of Jesus and on each other and we start comparing our gifts, trouble happens. Because then we get jealous and envy and we, we we ridicule each other, but we keep our eyes on Jesus and we see that he has blessed the church with so much diversity, different gifts. One person has a music gift. One person has the gift. We had a guy in our church that one, he mowed like every day. He just loved to mow. Praise the Lord. That's not my spiritual gift at all. In fact, um, I don't like it at all but he loved he loved it sometimes even in churches man we because we're so we need to have someone in the in the three-year-olds class well you got to work over there well this person hates three-year-olds that's a terrible combination right we're gonna have to call DHS sooner or later you got the guy who hates d- the three-year-olds and then we could hey the guy with hay fever could you go out with the weed eater every Saturday he comes in he's snotting on everybody Sunday morning you know it's not his gift to do so we need to find Hey, could you pray? Could we help you discover? But everybody has a gift in this church. I believe it with all my heart. I'm just going to ask you this. In fact, if the worship team can come back, or musicians, keyboard perhaps. I'm going to ask, what area of your life doesn't feel unified? Uh, right now, it's my it's my left shoulder <laughs> because of those rings and ropes yesterday. Right now, it's my left shoulder, but internally, what part of your life doesn't quite feel unified where your Heavenly Father would want it? Perhaps there's too much stress going on in your life over a job situation or over a friendship. Students, maybe someone at school is pulling you away from Jesus. is creating stress. You need to be around people that are pushing you towards Jesus, not pulling you away from Jesus. Perhaps it's something that's the devil has beat up you, something that you did a long time ago, and God's forgiving you, but the enemy keeps bringing up the past. Can I tell you that's buried? All things are passed away. Jesus has made everything new, but you just need to give that shovel that's trying to go back to the seminary, cemetery to Jesus again. What in your life is not unified? I want to pray over you today. Would you just stand